Ah, beloved. I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. This is bonafide Bible talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. Yo, previously on the New Living Translation. And there was a word from God given to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up and head to Cap City. Nineveh. Just tell him what I tell you to. So Jonah went to Nineveh, just like God said. Now Nineveh was bigger than a mug. It took forever to get through. And just as Jonah gets into the city, he get to hollering. Y'all got 40 days before your whole city fall. And all the folks in Nineveh believe God. So they called a time of fasting. And everybody put on their fasting rags. Everybody. From the head honchos to the little dogs. And when the king of Nineveh heard God's message, he got up off his throne, tossed his robe off, put on them fasting rags, and sat in ashes. And he put out a word in Nineveh. This from the king and his circle. Ain't nobody or no animals, not your cows or your sheep, none of y'all gonna eat nothing. Don't eat, don't even drink water. Put them fastener rags on everybody you know, and all them animals too, and we gonna shout out to God. Let's cut all that raggedy business out, quit choosing violence every chance we get. I can't call it. Maybe God will find comfort in that, and pull back from his rampage so we ain't gotta die. And when God saw that they changed their code, that they cut that raggedy business out, God found comfort and pulled back from the rampage he said he had just for them. And God ain't do it. Woo-wee. We done been on a heck of a journey with our boy Jonah, ain't it? He was with his goofy little self when God gave him a clear instruction he decided not only was he not going to listen, he was going to run all the way in the other direction. Like somehow that was going to catch God off guard or something. Uh, we was with him in the boat when all these people who was minding their business, trying to help him out, got their lives put in danger because his old hard-headed self. We was with him when he got tossed overboard, when he dang near died, when he had to pray to God from the depths. And when God sent a fish to rescue Jonah. We were with Jonah when he finally ended up listening to God. And that's about where we left off in the last episode of the New Living Translation. But in all honesty, I can't judge Jonah. I feel like there's a whole lot of Jonah in me. I know there's plenty of times where I suspected that God was telling me to do something that, quite frankly, I didn't want to do. Something that offended my sensibilities. As in, I feel like there has to be somebody else that you can give this particular assignment to. I don't necessarily want to be nice to this person or to these people because they get on my nerves. Sometimes I think they deserve bad things. The only knock I'm going to give Jonah is something that we didn't already talked about. I feel like it was a real dumb decision to run from God into the water. Like there's no safety or refuge in the water. That is giving up home court advantage. We don't live 
in the water we don't have the necessary equipment to survive in the water like if your boat get broke up and you in the water that's curtains for you you can't breathe up under there you ain't got the requisite fins or nothing that's just a travesty so sometimes Jonah be moving foolishly but so do I so I can't really judge on the whole just that particular decision I feel like was kind of goofy but that's where we at with our boy Jonah this fully human example of the type of people that God chooses to use people who are imperfect people who are prone to selfishness just like you and me and people who ain't all the way on board with what God is saying all the time I can relate to that and I appreciate stories about people in the Bible that I can relate to frequently I can't relate to being in belly of a fish or none of that stuff but the rest of the stuff I can pretty much get jiggy with now we've been through three chapters of Jonah's story and that is not quite the end the end is what we gonna end up talking about today there's a whole lot that gets covered in a little bit of time a little bit of pages there's only four chapters in the book of Jonah and we'd have made it through three of them things together Go ahead, pat yourself on the back for making it this far. But on today's episode of the New Living Translation, we're going to see how this story ends. Now, you may or may not be familiar with this story, but being familiar with the stories of the Bible ain't stopped you from listening to the translation yet. And I don't see no reason for you to start acting brand new today. So without any further ado, we're going to have some bona fide Bible talk about Jonah chapter 4 but this really rubbed Jonah the wrong way and he got 38 hot so he prayed to God and he said see God ain't this what I said before I left the first time that's why I tried running into Tarshish before cause I know how you are God you all nice and soft and compassionate you ain't trying to get angry and always all lovey-lovey and kind and all that. You're always trying to take it easy when it's time to punish. So God, go ahead and take it all from me. I'm better off dead than alive. And God said, You got something to be mad about? So Jonah went out the city, sat down out the east side. He made himself a little booth, sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what happened to the city. And God made a plant pop up over Jonah to give his head some shade, to save it from all that torture. Jonah was mad happy about that plant. But God made a worm just as the next day rolled around. And it tore that plant up so bad it about died. And when the sun came up, God made an east wind blast that had the sun beating on Jonah's head so bad he got weak and asked to die. He said, I'm better off dead than alive. God said, You got something to be mad about? Jonah said, Yeah, mad enough to die. Then God said, You and your feelings about that plant, you ain't even work for or help grow. A plant that popped up overnight and was ruined in the night. But I'm not supposed to be in my feelings about Nineveh, that big old city, where they got 120,000 people. Who don't know they left hand from they right hand? And that ain't even counting the animals. That 
was a weird ending. It just ends in a question. There's no moral dropped or explained. There's no epilogue telling us what Jonah's life is like after this. There's no, and then there were friendly relations between the Hebrews and the Ninevites. There's nothing. There's Jonah getting frustrated with God. There's God trying to teach Jonah a lesson and just us hoping that maybe Jonah learned his lesson and there was a happily ever after or something. We're just kind of left there with this question that God poses to Jonah twice in this chapter alone. God asked Jonah, what reason do you have to be mad? Do you have a good reason to be mad? Like, what are you mad for? We have this refrain that God keeps asking Jonah to examine what's going on with himself. And I think that's a fair request of God because aside from chapter two, where we have this long prayer of Jonah, we hear most from Jonah in this chapter, chapter four, where Jonah seems most upset with God for being too nice and being too lenient. And if I'm all the way real with you, I'm not even mad at Jonah for that. There are some times when I want God to go get somebody. I am a black man in the United States of America. You think I ain't never had no moment where I'm like, God, how you let them people do all of that to them people for so long and you ain't even do nothing. Matter of fact, they got the nerve to say that they have your blessing because they are experiencing all of these things. As a matter of fact, some of these very same people I wish you would go get insist that we should be aspiring to live their lives because you have blessed them. God, go get them. What are you doing? How are you showing them mercy? How are you showing them kindness? How are you showing them compassion? How are you doing this? Are you a just God or not? And here you have sent me into enemy territory to proclaim this message and you ain't even going to do nothing. So I hear Jonah. I get where he's coming from. I understand his frustration with God because it is a frustration that I have felt time and again. It is a frustration that I am sure that my ancestors and my forebears felt time and again. What Jonah is experiencing here is a very real frustration that comes from a people who believe in the justice and the righteousness of God. And here all of Jonah's hopes and expectations of this righteous and just God have gone unfulfilled. And Jonah lets God know about it. Jonah says, this is why I didn't want to do this in the first place, because I know your character. And I knew that if you sent me on this mission, that you would relent and that you would show mercy to them, just like you've done me time and time again. And these people don't deserve that. And God replies, do you have a good reason to be mad? Or you just in your feelings? Jonah's like, God, you the one in your feelings. You the one always trying to love on everybody. You the one being all patient and kind and relenting from all of the, the mean stuff. Where's all this wrath and the fire and brimstone that I done heard about? Where is that at? You getting soft on me, God. And Jonah decides he's going to take a break and watch to see if God will rain down fire and brimstone one more time and wipe this city off the face of the planet like Jonah feels they deserve. 
God has a little trick to show Jonah. He says, it's hot out here, ain't it? He makes this plant grow. He gives Jonah shade. Said Jonah was like, ooh-wee, did I need that? Because it's hot out here. And just like that, the next night a worm comes and destroys the plant. And Jonah is like, oh my goodness, it's hotter than it was yesterday, which was already hotter than I could bear. And I don't even want to do this no more. And God says, Jonah, what you mad for? Jonah, like, what you mean what I'm mad for? You sent me all the way out here. You're being too nice to these people. It's hot as all get out. And the one little bit of shade I found is now gone because it is raggedy little worm. God said, okay, so you mad about that plant, right? Like the plant that was already there uh, because I put it there and then it was gone, but you ain't do nothing to put it there or take it away. And, and you mad about that. So you telling me I can't be mad. You saying I'm in my feelings because I'm concerned about all of these people these people who are lost and confused in their ways that i want to show mercy to even innocent people even animals jonah do you want me to tick off the peter people <laughs> and so god poses this question after reframing this whole situation for jonah and then the story just ends we don't have any resolution here and that leads me to suspect that this story isn't really about jonah at all this story is about you and what you expect God to do to other people. Because in this story, we have time and again seen people who did not even know Jonah's God do more right by Jonah's God than Jonah did. When Jonah was in disobedience, when Jonah was in rebellion, when Jonah ran from God, other people obeyed and God still saved them and Jonah. So maybe there's no moral at the end of this story and only a question because what we're really charged with when we look at the story of Jonah is looking at ourselves and reframing what it looks like to live right by a God who's always concerned with living right by all of us. Let me pray with you. Almighty God who spoke the world into existence the God who calms the waters, the God of our salvation. You are a merciful God. And for that, we thank you. We ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you might give us eyes to see others as you do. That when we are prone to judge others as harshly as we see fit, that you might remind us of all of the times that you saw us in all of our flaws and still saw people worth loving and people worth saving. So help us to love like you do, God, so that through what you are doing in our lives, people might come to more fully know you and know the God who is love. In Jesus' name, amen. Translation is a production of Three Black Men podcast about theology culture and the world around us you can follow us on twitter at three black men that's the number three not spelled out black men you can find me on all social media platforms at pastor trey 05 that's pastor trey 05 don't send me no facebook requests though i don't be over there that's the bad place 
This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three black men. Spell three out that time ago. Patreon.com slash three black men. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar.